with digital, we can achieve that exponential effect. We can achieve scale uh, and we can free up time for our customer success managers to focus on high value activities as opposed to, you know, mundane repetitive tasks. Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. My name is Taylor, and I am here with my co-host, Adil, and an amazing guest today, Sharath. He is the Chief Customer Officer of Aptega, but he's also been around the industry and around SaaS and technology for a little over a decade, and so excited to dive into his insights and his thinking behind this current state of CS and all things RevOps, cybersecurity. We'll definitely dive into that. So thank you so much for joining us, Sharath. Of course. Thanks for having me on your podcast, guys. Yay. Finally, it's been a long time coming. Thanks for coming in. So before we dive into the current, where we're currently at in CS, which is a a loaded topic, and we could definitely go down many rabbit holes there. I'm really curious on your experience at Securinex, and really because you you were able to scale and build a CS team that was global, and actually the company exited um, from the ground up. And I'm really interested to hear your insights on what that experience was like, and like what those first couple steps you had to take in order to build that function. Yeah, uh, happy to share that. So before we get into the customer success realm of what happened at uh, Securonix, I do want to talk about just a, a broader perspective of how we ended up, you know, going through that motion and that journey. You know, I, I would say to begin with, um, I was fortunate to work with uh, the founding members of the team who are not only ambitious to go to dream big and, and do something um, at this at this size, but also uh, was not afraid to put in the hard work. And, um, and that's what that's what we did. So when I joined the company, uh, we were less than 30 employees. At one point uh, when I was there, we were a little over a thousand employees. And, um, you know, we started uh, with, you know, roughly 5 million in ARR uh, back in uh, 2014. And at one point we were over a hundred million in ARR. Um, and the only way, you know, companies can get that, in my opinion, is you need to be able to adapt and pivot and continuously assess for something called, you know, as we all know, it's product market fit, especially in a very competitive industry, which is in cyber. It's a really crowded market, a lot of shop elbows. And to not only, you know, be um, to excel, but we were also the leaders in that in the leadership quadrant, as noted by Gartner in the MQ report, like four years consecutively. And so um, we were uh, very open to understanding what our customers wanted, always paid attention to that. And we were not afraid to pivot. And the company went through multiple pivots in order to reach that particular state. So, uh, yeah, I would say overall, uh, it was a great experience and I've learned tremendously going through that. Really curious, how did you get the stakeholders to buy in on customer success? And I know that you mentioned that the whole company as a whole was already bought in into listening to customers and really driving that value. But how did you communicate what the importance of CS to just everyone, not just the founding team? 
Yeah, I think going back in time, I think customer success has been around for a while and everybody is doing a slice of customer success, but not necessarily in the in the modern elements of customer success we all know today. Uh, it'll be hard pressed to see if, a, if an organization doing customer success today that's not following best practices, given that there's so much information out there. Um, that wasn't the case, I would say, six or seven years back, you know, even at Securonix, there was a customer success department, but it wasn't necessarily following best practices and all, had all the necessary elements of a modern day customer success program. And so when I was appointed VP of customer success, the first thing I had to do is to align uh, with best practices and align with, uh, you know, the necessary elements, starting with the customer journey, customer segmentation, uh, putting a renewal motion in place, paying attention to usage and adoption, coming up with playbooks to address that. And uh, it was a transformation indeed. And um, I think when you start to, you know, bring in the right people, the right audience, starting internally with the team, the team needs to believe the vision and where we're going. And then, and then it takes a bit of a socializing with the rest of the departments to make them understand how we can add benefit to, you know, their uh, output. For example, if you take product engineering experience, given that we were the voice of the customer, we were able to synthesize the, the data points coming in from qualitative discussion and support tickets and tell them, hey, here's what you need to prioritize. And when you start to add value to your um, to your departments and your, your teams, um, then they start to see the, the value of what you bring forth. And so that was a, that's a very important aspect that I had to quickly solve for is to break down the silos cross-functionally in order to, you know, keep things going. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And I was also thinking about like now while, you know, uh, while having you on the, on the podcast, I was thinking more about customer success in the cyber security spectrum and how customer success operations, they actually go about, you know, uh, you know, mitigating these data silos, making sure their data and information is landing in a unified space for everybody and so can, everybody can work cross-functionally uh, and, and make decisions on, on the basis of, uh, of data. So initially you mentioned that you you were uh, you know managing a team of about 50 people you know in a company that is doing it at going for scale changing the market, product market fit mapping the journeys all of that what was uh, you know that one thing apart from technologies and everything that you kind of streamlined to uh, make sure the data is in the right places and it's getting to the right people at the right time that, that do the communication and engagements and all of that. Yeah, sounds good. So I think the first thing um, we did, first of all, I didn't have inherited a team of 50. I inherited a team of five, which over you know two to three year time span, I scaled uh, to over 50 members globally. And so we had uh, a combination of CSMs um, as well as an executive or leadership team made up of directors, senior directors, as well as you know very focused or technical teams that supported the CSMs and customer success operations as well. Uh, the first thing I did is is deploy a customer success operations team because ultimately they become the backbone of all the things we want to be able to do, and and that team ended up focusing on you know developing a CSP uh, at that time, and uh, we used a Tango. And it were, we weren't extracting all the value from it. So we put a lot of time and emphasis is to figure out how to uh, you know, use those different features. And so when we start to put time into that, we started to gather more data points. And it started with customer scoring as a lens, right? And customer scoring 
was uh, not just limited to our engagement or deployment, but also looking at uh, overall, you know, ARR and the health and the business and the segmentation and so on. So we did a stack ranking of all the customers uh, based on risk level. And that information was available to everybody in the company to be able to access it. So at any point, somebody could go to that particular page and see which customers are at risk, how many tickets they have opened, what are the enhancement requests, and which, which customer to prioritize first, taking into consideration at least like two dozen different like data points. I was fortunate enough to have a customer success operations team member was very good at uh, crafty at um, integrations. So even though our CSPs had limitations, they basically um, ended up um, connecting all the different systems from CRM to our proprietary systems to bring all this data together. Um, I think what that does other is that it starts to unify what you and your team are starting to say and, and then people start to take effect because when you have to operate at scale, you have to remember consistency is very important. You guys, you have to be, your team, starting with your team, you, ha you have to be giving the same message. And so I was very um, sensitive to, you know, having, you know, avoiding confusion and ambiguity by trying to centralize as much as possible. And so that anybody in the company could kind of, you know, reference the same data point. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing. Because, you know, I, I was thinking, of you as somebody that has has done it for scale for a company that's valued around more than one and a half billion dollars, and that has done at scale on operations uh, operation wise as well. And how do you see like uh, customer success specifically in the cybersecurity? Because we spoke to a lot of uh, these cybersecurity platforms that are not directly uh, working with the vendors, but they are actually partnering up with a lot of third party vendors to make sure there's you know they invest into their success. And, and and that's that's how globally it, it you know in the in the cybersecurity um, you know right. the avenue opens and all. So how do you see customer success in the cybersecurity? What kind of trends that you're looking up to, um, you know, from this year and beyond? So I would say cybersecurity is a very demanding field um, because uh, there's a reason why uh, it is it is one of the last budgets that get cut for obvious reasons, um, and so but the expectations are also very high, especially in when you look at enterprise uh, technology, which is what we were uh, implementing and selling, uh, it was mission critical. And so our uptime resolution times, um, as well as the use cases had to be met because you're talking, you're dealing with the CISOs who are putting sort of their reputation at stake in order to protect you know, their brand and they're relying on you as a vendor to be able to deliver. So the expectations are very high. The complexity of the problems we were solving was also very high. And so it is a very high paced, high demanding, uh, high pressure work environment. And that's not just true for our company. This is true for anybody doing SIMS or anybody that is doing mission critical work in cyber. And there are many vendors that are doing that. And so it's important to acknowledge that. And the reason is because it's not a eight to five kind of solution. It is a 24 by seven solution. And so, which means um, it's taxing on the CSM. So um, one of the most important things we had to do is to make sure that we're not overburdening the CSMs and having them only work on high value activities. And that's why investing in CS operations is very crucial because they can take on the load and automate a lot of the things that doesn't necessarily require 
a senior CSM's time to be, you know, working on that. Um, does that answer your question? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I was also more concerned about like how, you know, customer success operation really, uh, they're beginning to change with this customer success that is more on, on the digital side, more on the, you know, there are so many companies that are building their own language models to facilitate their their teams be it like uh, CSOs be it, you know uh, teams that are working on a, on a high touch model with enterprise segment. So how you guys are driving your efforts? As, as, of course, as a CCO at Aptega and the company that uh, Sectronics. Yeah, I can speak for what's happening today. Digital is absolutely a, a strategy that we are uh, looking into, and uh, because with digital we can achieve that exponential effect, we can achieve scale. Uh, and we can free up time for our customer success managers to focus on high value activities as opposed to, you know, mundane repetitive tasks. Um, whether it's in cyber or not, I think um, the beauty of digital is that you can tailor it to make it work for your business, uh, regardless of uh, what type of, uh, you know, industry you're in. And, um, you know, I think the least I think any company can do is to invest in in onboarding, digitize onboarding as much as possible. And then I would say there are two types of companies, right? One that is implementation heavy and one that is not. I think some of the companies you've spoken to seems like it's implementation heavy because that's when you need more partners and so on to kind of come in, you know, take on that uh, additional load. And it's very important to separate onboarding from customer success if you're implementation heavy because you want a specialized team to come in, you know, do a rinse and repeat and do it really well, because we all know the customers are making up their, you know, mind in the first 90 days, whether to stay with the vendor long-term or not. And so the question is, now what is the onboarding team doing to digitally enable? I, I think, you know, I would say enablement can be done digitally and specifically enablement needs to happen within the console. I'm a big fan of, making enablement come to the end user and making it available on demand because I feel like gone are the days of getting everybody in a room for three days or five days, having them do a boot camp and then having expecting them to come and be ninjas of your tool. That's not really the way the world works today. Everyone's busy and and people don't really necessarily take, you know, learn best in that way. So mm -hmm. making um, enablement available on demand through a digital touch, I think is uh, is a very effective and a very powerful way to mm -hmm. get your customers launched. Mm -hmm. Amazing, very interesting. Like looking ahead at Aptega, like uh, I assume that this is uh, their first CTO hire, or is that? Uh, yeah, that is right. Yeah, there okay. is. Uh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so at Aptega, like somebody CCO having a high level of uh, all the teams that are interacting with the with the customers. What kind of motion are you uh, trying to drive? Is there any kind of uh, initiatives have you taken jumping in uh, to this role? Yeah, um, we talked about digital, which is a very important initiative for us. Um, we're also uh, enhancing the onboarding experience, or we're calling that onboarding and partner onboarding 2.0. Um, which is starting with improving the touch points internally between pre-sales and post-sales. Uh, one of the things um, we're doing is not, you know, giving commission until, you know, we get the handoffs done. And I think that's one of the best practices that's been talked about. So we're we're doing things like that to improve the, the overall handoffs. Besides that, community is a big uh, initiative for us this year. We're going to launch a community 
and there's a really good appetite uh, for between our partners and our customers to take part in the community because the problems we're solving is not something that can be done just using software or services alone. You know, we have to harness the power of community to be able to, you know, deliver outcomes. So that's a big deal. Um, as well as you know, investing in a dedicated support function, which is uh, which is also an area that we're focused on. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about the community. A lot of these companies, even that are serving the enterprise segment, they're going more towards community-led approach. Of course, primarily they're not driving uh, customers, but of course the traction, customer education that is, uh, you know, they're investing a lot into it. So, what kind of community community are you guys uh, are launching or or you know you're, you're driving your efforts towards? Yeah, uh, it's it's a work in progress in terms of deciding the strategy there, but um, I'll kind of give you uh, some points on what we're thinking, right? I think one of the decisions we had to make is should we go to Slack or should we go to a full budget community platform? So evaluating the pros and cons and uh, we're leaning towards the latter uh, at this time. Um, and then once we have a community platform, then how do you organize, like, you know, what are the goals of this community, right? That's the challenge that, you know, I'm asking my community manager, like, what can we develop? And so the goals that we want to see are, you know, fostering collaboration between our end users so that they can find answers, um, by harnessing each other's knowledge, um, having an outlet for our partners and customers to give us new ideas on products or product management team can benefit from it. And the third thing is, you know, launching exclusive events uh, for our community users to be able to get access to information, um, which which otherwise wouldn't be available. Um, So those are some of the goals of the community and uh, we're going over discussions on how exactly to make that happen. Interesting. And and also, are you guys also thinking about, it because we get to meet a lot of, uh, a lot of these products they have that are uh, more on the enterprise side, they're doing their academy and school, that kind of thing, like courses or, you know, any kind of learning management system. Are you investing into that? It's more tied to the customer education, but... Uh... Yeah, without a doubt. I think I value um, learning and enablement uh, very much. Uh, and we do have an LMS that we have and we have a certification program um, for our partners and customers. Um, and all that will tie into the customer journey that we're defi- defining as well. Um, and what I do think about learning is that it's a it's a continuous process. You know, you got to pay attention to, you know, what gaps you are, you know, not, um, filling today and then be able to quickly assess what material needs to be created either through LMS or through community and or through support and and basically you know take care of your customers and partners in a way that they don't feel stuck you know that's the worst thing that can happen is a lot of times when we see engagement drop is because I feel like we've not done a good job in giving the the end user outlet to be able to communicate with you if you you know, if you just have a mono channel, which is pick up the phone or email, uh, that's not good enough. And so I'm a huge fan of having these uh, provisions available in app. Um, so the end user feels there are multiple options available to them to be able to communicate with us. And it's also really interesting to see how 
what customers do to seek help and support has transformed. Initially, it was picking up the phone or emailing and chatting support. And now, obviously, we're seeing it's more community-led, where people want to go into a Slack channel and see how others have solved the problem before they go and reach out to, you know, their CSM or someone that's managing their account, which is, you know, a unique way. But it's also on the flip side, balancing not overwhelming those customers with, you know, here's a million different ways you can get help. You know, sometimes they just want a direct, you know, fit. And if you're offering community, e-learning, all these different elements, you can also overwhelm the customer at some points too. So it's finding that balance and that like equal uh, equilibrium, but really interested too, to, to dive in a little bit on some of the trends you're seeing specifically in cybersecurity. I know that you mentioned, you know, obviously making your, your pre-onboarding more digital and, you know, digital centric, but like, what is the current state and the current trends of CS look like, you know, in the cybersecurity world and how are you guys looking to overcome uh, those, those things? Yeah, I can speak to uh, within the realm of what the problems we solve. So we help um, both enterprises and and mid-market as well as SMB customers achieve the compliance goals, uh, whether it is a operational excellence framework such as ISO or which is a compliance framework like PCI. Um, what we are doing is giving them the necessary tools to be able to achieve those goals. And so uh, what we're, you know, learning is that, um, you know, there is a lot of information out there when you need to, you know, traverse these different, the details of, you know, these compliance frameworks and uh, and no one person can be an expert in, in all those different frameworks. So uh, we have a huge opportunity to be able to connect, you know, experts to, to, to the people who are seeking information. And so I think that's in general true for cybersecurity. Uh, you know, I think if you look at the realm of cybersecurity and it's broken down into various areas from compliance, risk and governance through threat detection and, and monitoring and um, and security operations and, and so on and so forth, the disciplines of uh, cyber. And in each of those areas, because it's con continuously evolving, right? the threat actors are continuously evolving, and the standards are continuously evolving. Um, the vendors are continuously evolving. Uh, so it is a fast-paced industry. And I really think um, you know, every software security vendor should have a component of community or, or at least use aspects of community in, in their post-sales journey to help their customers maximize the value that they can extract from their software. Uh, this is something that's been on my list for a long time, and I'm super excited to get into it this year. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how it all plays out too in the end. Maybe we we do a part two on this. But just before we let you go, I'm I'm really I would love if you could just share some insights on specifically on your leadership roles and like anyone coming into, you know, being a first time CCO. What are some like lessons and key takeaways from your experience that you wish you knew earlier or before doing something and just wish you had that little like friend to just mention these these few lessons or takeaways that could have maybe helped you optimize your time and be more efficient when you were first starting off? Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, it, I think every leader needs to have an open mind and actively listen uh, because you are the the hub of the, you know, the wheel, right? And so, um, you know, whether you, you like it or not, you have to be a people person and you have to genuinely enjoy that. Uh, which means having open lines of communications to 
your your peers uh, as well as upward and downward um, because uh, there's valuable insights you can learn to make changes for your, your company, your product uh, that your customers can benefit from. I would say um, from my experience, the area that I was most challenged with is, is breaking down the silos cross-functionally. Um, I've even written about it on, on my Substack, um, and I would say that's an area that any leader needs to be good at because the technical skills, um, you can get a, an operations person, you can you can go learn those things, but you know your interpersonal skills uh, matter the most, um, and that means having uh, being empathetic uh, towards your coworkers or to your peers if they are struggling, then figuring out you know what can you do to help them. Uh, because all those things uh, will nurture the team and build a very positive work environment that's that's going to pay dividends in the long run. Um, and uh, specifically, you know, I would say this one particular technique or tactic that I applied is this concept of adhesives. So how do you break down silos? Is you want uh, to identify talent in your team that are adhesives. There's two types specifically, uh, one that builds bridges and and one that is able to bring people together. Uh, you know, when you have to communicate with a salesperson, it'll be good to have somebody who's done sales in the past as a part of your team because they speak the language. They're able to quickly break down uh, any 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 challenges in communication. And if you're talking engineering, it's 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 good to it's prudent to have somebody with technical background experience because they'll be able to quickly relate to the developers and engineering team and be able to you know move. The put the execution you know in place based on you know what you want to accomplish. So I think that's super critical. Um, you know we call them cultural brokers, um, and I would highly recommend you know any CS leader to invest in your cultural brokers to to break down the silo. I love that framework, the adhesives. I, I think that's genius, and definitely right. connecting the dots is you know what you have to do, especially in the economic times we're in today. And if you're not collaborating, then you're 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 going to have gaps, and you're going to be missing something. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Sharath. Really, really appreciate you for taking the time and spending time with us and sharing your insights. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Thank yeah. you. We'll talk okay. soon. It was long time coming in. Thank you very much for taking the yeah. time. It was amazing. Yeah. Let's stay in touch. Please have a beautiful day. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.